This is the chop up, trying to get chopped up, not get slapped up. You already know. What's good, people? It's your boy Damo, the political plug, and this is the chop up. You feel me? We here for quarantine Monday. We didn't have quarantine Saturday. We didn't have quarantine Sunday. Now we got quarantine Monday. We trying to get it through the week. We gonna see y'all when we see y'all. Real nigga shit. You feel me? Now, uh, <laughs> of course, I got the lovely Toya Green with me. What's going on, Toya? Chilling. Another day in the quarantine neighborhood. Right. We loving it. G Lee finally got him some headphones. What's up, G Lee? Finally got me some earphones, man. Y'all know Say what's who up it to is. the people. I know got what time the- it is, people. King's exclusive clothing. Shout out to the homie down in Briar. No, shout out, shout out to shout out Mr. King's exclusive himself. You know what I'm saying? I'm literally King's exclusive down to the flow today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, support black light. businesses. You feel me? Some light. You know what I'm saying? Support black businesses. And we here. Quarantine Monday. A, a, a wonderful conversation to be brought. You know what I'm saying? Now, in terms of the snapshot. Uh, what we have been discussing more recently in the Snapchat is the Versus series. And we're going to continue that real quick uh, because we got a big one coming up. Erica Badu. With Erica Badu and Jill Scott. Yeah, mm-hmm. Badu going to win that, obviously. But it's going to be nice for the culture, though, you know? I, I don't know. I mean, it's... It, it's a uh it I think it's a I think it's gonna be closer than you think, George. Yeah, I think uh I think I mean because Erica Badu was like a bigger pop like in terms of like popularity. Step into these comments, who y'all got? Erica Badu or Jill Scott, who y'all think is gonna win that? Cause I right. in terms of popularity to differ from my brother George Lee as well. I think at least it's gonna be close look like Mike it's like look like he's Mike the winner. What's going on, Toya? You know, I mean what, Yeah, go ahead. No, nah, I was just saying tap into the comments. I, I, I think if I had to choose, I might keep it too. Yeah, that's interesting. Jada say blast me Auntie Jill gonna hold. Uh, uh, I can't I can't hear her. You can't okay. even tell you? Uh-uh. That's crazy. Uh go out and come back in, bro. Drop uh-huh. out of the stream out and come back in. Versus and that really a competition is a celebration of black excellence, definitely. Yeah, Don't. yeah, it's definitely a celebration of black excellence. And a, let me being too polite about that shit, but that's because you will need we don't need drama and excessiveness in the culture either. So I get it. I just I wish it was a little teethy. Like even the gospel battle, they just had uh who they had, uh Hezekiah Walker and John P. Key, and they were just so complimentary. But they were actually pretty efficient. You know what I'm saying? They they moved through the music, handled the business, went back and forth and just <laughs> Yeah, because they was following the spirit of the Lord. In Jesus' name, I appreciated that. You know what I'm saying? So, but like, but what I was gonna say to George is that you know, uh, Jill Scott is the queen of motherfucking uh, the Quiet Storm. I mean, you know know what I'm saying? If you know what the Quiet Storm is, any black radio station has a Quiet Storm where they play nothing but the slow jams. You feel me? At night. Back. Shout out to uh, uh the love doctor. You feel me? The the quiet storm when it wasn't nothing but the. I mean, Jill Scott tore it up. Lamar, I mean? so, Lamar agrees that Jill Scott. I mean, I'm sorry that Erica Badu is about to eat a little bit. Uh, I, I again just completely disagree. Uh, but you know, <laughs> we we gonna see. What is it? May the ninth. That that might be like. Yeah, yeah, it's May 9th. It's May 9th. May 9th. So we have the days away. Eight o'clock East Coast time. 
or whatever. So go ahead and catch it like you catch it. But go ahead and check. Yeah, I saw Shout out to my sister. My sister said Erica. My Jada. sister said Erica. You feel me? Erica. Jada said, don't forget about that mic action. We, I mean, there's a lot of, I don't know how <laughs> it's relevant to this particular matchup, but. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, nah, hey, nah, nah, nah. It's gonna be, it's gonna be relevant because it's gonna be two freaky ass Afrocentric. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Crystal. Y'all know. Shout out to fellow podcast gang, gang Crystal uh, from the read. I follow her Twitter or whatever, and she was like, she ain't watching because she just waiting on. She don't want to see who gonna see, say something problematic first. It ain't been a battle yet outside of the gospel battle where somebody ain't said some five G, some. Random ass, just unnecessary shit that they didn't necessarily have. No, to, I, you know, both I, of them. I mean, we know who going. It's going to be Erica. It's going to be yeah, Erica. Erica, Erica going to say some wild shit. Erica going to say some wild shit. Yeah. So, I mean, I, but it's going to be interesting. I think it's two to one, George. I think Jill Scott. You feel me? I think she made banger for banger, bro. I mean, Erica, like again, in terms of popularity, she up there, but banger for banger. I think it's going to be about strategic plays, just like it was in a whole lot of other battles. It's going to be about when Jill come out and play. Because when, when I want to know what the answer to Tyrone is. You know what I'm saying? I do want to know mm. what, the to, what the next the answer to next lifetime is. You know what I'm saying? It's just I do bag lady. Like, what you going to play when she play bag lady? Like, is it I, you asking those questions? I can't Wait, hear you. She, can you hear me? I can't hear George. Uh, is he talking? Oh, no, he muted. George is he muted. Okay. Uh, you you can't think of it off the top of your head, but when she played a song, you're gonna be like, mm, yeah, yeah, that's that, that's that. Uh, because I mean, because Jill Scott got some bangers, but that's gonna be an interesting one. You feel me? So we're gonna have that conversation once that one go down. Uh, so y'all tune in to that versus shit. Shout out to the whole versus series. I mean, I think it was it's some dope for like black culture for us to kind of like celebrate our greats in a way. To where we see, I mean, this is one thing why I will say, y'all know I don't really get into the, uh, I don't really get into like the celebrity culture, but in terms of like watching great celebrate some of their best work, we yeah. can do that. You feel me? And I think that's what we, that's what we see in here. It's like artists, I mean, like painters comparing, you know what I'm saying, what they do and what they do best. And so, hey man, it's been, it's been lit. That's one of the good things that came out of the quarantine. So Marquee it is what it is. The question, he said Crown Royal is an answer to Tyrone. And uh, Magda agrees that, uh, shoot, it's all about the order of the lineup. Uh, Babyface, Teddy, I think. Definitely showed that. When Neo was trying to keep swinging at Jante Austin, it was just all about how he was kind of playing the order and kind of responding to things. So we're going to see. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Go ahead and tap that love, tap that like, jump in, say what's up. Make sure y'all greet us. Happy afternoon to everybody across the United States in this thing. It's Quarantine Monday. Quarantine Monday, and let's go ahead and get into these chops, though. We're going to start out with Toya today. You George feel me? But we still can't hear Lee, so he's dipping out to come back. He's dipping yeah. out. To- Even though he was muted, he, you know what I'm saying? But, again, we'll be all right. Once he come back, we'll make sure that he on. Hold on. Let's see. He right here. You good, bro? Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm about to say, having phone calls and things and people calling me and stuff, man. But I'm good, though. Yeah, that's how we go. That's how we go. So let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get into it with this. Uh, uh you had one thing you had to say to me. I just I was throwing a shout out to Jordan Rules, aka Shantae Jordan, aka the the, the the just the 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 supreme, aka A one smartest. Hey, aka one of the homies. Shout out to uh, Shantae holding it down. 
chopping up with us. Jaleesa's in here. My, it's just, it feels good to be with my people. That's it. That's all I was saying. But yeah, man. I give this that time. Let's go ahead and get into it. And we're going to start it out with the reality chop. Go ahead, Toy. All right. Uh, so today for the reality chop, uh, it's, it's basically this is all centered around one question. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to go through different context or uh, elements of this particular question to tease it out. The question is very simple, right? This coronavirus thing has happened. It is happening. It will be happening for a while. But we are starting to get to, I won't say the other side of it, but another side of it. And what I think everybody can agree who's experienced it, experienced it is that in some way, shape, form, or fashion, in a bunch of ways, shape, forms, or fashions, things have got to change. So the, today's question for the reality chop is in what, uh, or rather, what changes do you want to see post-coronavirus, right? Post-coronavirus. Post dealing with this, things are opening back up. What changes do you want to see? Now, that's a big question. So I kind of broke it down in a bunch of different contexts. First context, and I'll just go through them. Is in the context of what we've seen about public goods and services, right? Okay. Uh, when we're talking about eviction bans, shutoff bans, the internet as a utility, payment freezes, food allocation to kids, homeless assistance, elderly assistance. We've seen a lot, right? We've learned a lot about what we didn't have. We've learned a lot about what we can do. So if y'all could pick one thing in the area of public goods and services that needs to absolutely change post-coronavirus, what do y'all think that should be? Man. I'm gonna have to say this the 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 hygienic approach mm. that uh that I think that stores are taking to how they treat, you know what I'm saying, particular shit. Um mm. like the cleanliness that's been introduced into like uh the, the way grocery stores treat treat their carts, you feel me? The way that they handle, you know, the things that people touch constantly. I think that's something that I mean we should continue in terms of you know, being able to avoid not just um, not just like major pandemics, but the flu that kills motherfuckers, uh, uh, that kills thousands of people a year. And so from that perspective, I think if just, just the approach that we had to the coronavirus is just the approach that we should just have to public hygiene in general. I mean, and, it's, it's capitalism exposing itself in a bunch of different ways, but it definitely blows my mind all the time where you don't see the logic of if you're sick, stay home both for patrons and for people working. Like, why was that a new logical conclusion that y'all making now? Y'all so greedy, don't want to pay people, don't want to allow people to be sick for a couple of days to get over a fever. It's two days, pay these people and leave them alone. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, let me, you know, I might come in. Like, I just, it, it's mind blowing how much we started being able to do things that we should have been able to do all along in terms of keeping our stores clean and then keeping them functional and sanitized and stuff like that. For folks. Um, and, and it shows that we had the ability to do it. No, and that definitely do, has the ability and, to do it. And to, doing to, it didn't fuck nothing else up. Oh, yeah. You feel me? So, yeah. See, hopefully, hopefully, moving forward, this will change some people's arguments about what how, how funds can be allocated and what funds can be allocated when it comes to dealing with, I feel like, not only epidemics, but I feel like social issues. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like for, for me to answer the question, I think it's something that I feel like I would have to answer the question dealing with something with like public health in relationship to uh, poor people. I feel yeah. like uh, a lot of I know a lot of times when it comes to public health, I feel like it's usually split real, real well with class. But like poor people, middle class people, you know, what I'm saying uh, middle middle class people. And I feel like with this coronavirus has shown us is that it don't matter how rich or middle class you think you are. When you go out to the public, you have to deal with a lot of people that are what you consider poor, you feel yeah. quote unquote. You know what I'm saying? And then how much how 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 we devalue people that's doing these essential jobs. 
Because as long as time is like, go, go, go do this and do that, that's the job anybody can get. It's like, but well, those are the people right now that we have to depend on to keep society moving the best way we can right now. It's the people that you shit on throughout the year. Exactly. I mean, and it's, it's so wild. I was going to get to that another uh, section or two, but I think it just from from homeless people and how all of a sudden we've been able to find places and spaces for them. We really start looking at these abandoned houses and looking at, you know, programming and people doing stuff out the kindness of your heart. And it's like, why your heart only get kind in the face of sheer terror? You know what I'm saying? When people are literally on their last and don't have anything and you almost being strong and people looking at you like, you know, you got you be ashamed into doing right as opposed to like, you know, starting out on that particular uh, approach. Uh, we also have, I want to look at Maga's comments, Look, just a couple comments uh, that we got coming in. She says, focus more on human beings and less on the monetary side of things. Yes, things have a cost, but people have needs and we should address that first. If we can bail out banks and, and businesses, we got to be able to bail out people. Um, one of my biggest things looking at public goods and services that I think has to change post-coronavirus is what Jaleesa has said. We have seen how essential internet service and internet access is to people's daily life. You want them to do homework, you want them to work from home. You want them to be able to not go out, so order stuff to come in so they don't have to go out and stuff like that. But no internet company was like, we're not going to shut off y'all service, right? The, the the water people said it, the electric people said it, uh, the car people said it, the, the, the student loan people said it, but the internet businesses and internet companies were not jumping at the opportunity. Yeah, nah, they felt like, like, man, we know y'all ain't paying y'all water. We know y'all ain't paying y'all lights, so y'all definitely pay us some money then. <laughs> like, the internet should be, absolutely should be a utility. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Marquis says, how do we deal with the homeless and those experiencing domestic violence when they stay, when stay at home? Orders can literally be a death sentence, right? 1,000%. We saw... Uh, I think the actions of who was that? Jay-Z, Rihanna, Jack Dorsey of Twitter pop out with like five, ten million some dollars or whatever toward domestic violence. But what do we also see is that those numbers go through the roof. And those are the people who actually made it to the phone and make the call to say, I am suffering from domestic violence right now. Not to, and these are adults and children. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not even thinking about uh, the the violence children are having and experiencing, right? They were already in a precarious position where they were having a hard time going to their schools and going to spaces where they felt safe and saying, my abuser's at home. What happens when now your abuser is the only person you see around the clock? You know what I'm saying? It's wild. Uh, Shantae says, some form of universal health care. What, what startles me is how the pendulum has not moved in that conversation and making it a bit. It was like a flashpoint when we were talking about the coronavirus. But these candidates need to have something to say. Joe Biden needs to come up with a declarative answer about what he's doing about health care. And all right, we need to see a change with that sooner than later, 1,000%. Uh, Jada says universal income. So tell me this, Jada. I want you to follow up. <laughs> Jada said more plexiglass, more separation from the shit, too. But Jada, tell me this. When you're talking universal income, are you talking more like Andrew Yangish type, once a month, $1,000? Like, what do you mean by that? Give me be a little bit more specific about what you yeah. like after that change. What you talking about? No, I mean, oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, says people just nasty. That ain't really going to change. That's why you know what you do behind closed doors. So before the pandemic, I carried me a man purse with everything I need, including mints, smell goods, and sanitizer. Being clean and staying safe shouldn't be a new thing. Uh, I'm just saying it's like what niggas was doing before. I don't need to stock up on bleach because my black ass, we always stock up on bleach. Ain't nothing new <laughs> over here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's one thing like my mom said growing up. She was yeah. like, the house ain't clean if I don't walk in here and smell bleach. So... <laughs> Classic example of everybody else being late. Niggas already had the formula. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I don't know already. What already, but I, I mean, but I, but I do think that uh, internet as uh, a public good, as a utility, I do think that is becoming more of 
uh, that will become more of a reality. Uh, it's, it's hard to focus on like one particular thing when the pandemic is exposing a lot. You know what I'm saying? We got some, oh, yeah. we got what's being exposed on like a much higher level. And then all these little things that we kind of paying attention to that we really haven't. I mean, I think because people have been making the um, the internet as a public good argument for a while now, especially given the fact that a lot of businesses in order to apply for jobs are saying, we don't hand out paper applications. We don't yeah, take right. applications. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Um, a large part of even applying for unemployment benefits required that you had access to internet. The email address, yeah. right? right. And, and so, yeah. from that standpoint, like we're starting to see that the internet has become so entwined with how the world operates to be denied it is literally to be denied an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, but I know, I know, I know, given the power, I feel like given the political power though, that I feel like most internet, internet corporations, internet companies would have. I feel like it would be a big, 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 big fight for them in terms of like, I feel like in terms of like the uh, the, the lobbying they're spent on, the interest groups they're spent on to make sure it never goes to be like a public good. I'm sure they would hurt them in terms of money. So I feel like that's it's, it's one of the reasons why there'd be a big pushback on it. I feel like it's a good thing though. Jada, answer my question, and I'm gonna get to it before I slide to another kind of segment of our society that has been affected that we want to see change. Post-coronavirus, Jada says, in a world where everyone doesn't have access to work or work is opening up slowly, however you want to interpret that. Um, and that was in terms of just having a, a wage being paid. There needs to be uh, a monetary value on each head and each household so that shit is livable. The government definitely came up out of their pockets expeditiously. They literally printed money. The money did not exist. And then they told mm-hmm. them to go ahead and get the machines rolling again and just created cash so that people mm-hmm. Respond um, and stimulate the economy in ways that they saw were reasonable, and so I definitely agree that you know some some more number crunching needs to be done to quantify the same way and, and better number crunching because shit, this whole twelve hundred dollars once is not a res- responsive or responsible, right? The one thing that I also I'm waiting, y'all, is, am I the only person waiting for them big trucks and tanks that was rolling down the street with the water blast cleaning everything in like China and and. <laughs> And, and am I the only one wondering where they're where they are in America? Why we don't got the big tanks? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of I kind of laughed at other countries when I see them doing. It. I thought it was kind of you know what I'm saying extra doing a lot, yeah, yeah, doing, doing a lot, lot. <laughs> doing a lot, doing a lot no, to do a little. If you have ever if you have ever taken a stroll down a couple blocks in the bay, around the campus of UT, and down uh 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 what's my street in in New Orleans. Uh, bourbon, yeah, it took a whiff. Like, you'll see how powerful them things is and how much they are necessary, right? People peeing on the sidewalk, doing their thing. You ever take yeah. a shit, just walk around downtown LA for like game changer. five minutes? You know I'm like, yeah. I want to see them, I want to see them, I need them in rotation, okay. Different segment of our society, of our population. And some of these conversations will overlap, so forgive me in advance because some people are saying some stuff ahead of time, but in terms of the economy proper. Right. Uh, when we think about what we've come to learn about essential workers and not just, you know what I'm saying? People who are at the grocery store, but people who are picking up our trash, the people who are or who are uh, shoot, working at our gas stations. Right. Those types of people. When we look at corporate bailouts when we look at minimum wage, when we look at stimulus aid, federal and local. When we look at immigrants, when we look at unemployment, um, when we look at independent contractors. Right. And people who are entertainers who make their money off of small independent jobs. Right. What is the one single most important thing that needs to change? And a lot of things need to change. What's the one thing that needs to change? Pay increase. 
off the real pay increase, man. Pay increase. I think the most thing I've been conscious about during this uh, essential workers uh, kind of characterization deviation to certain people is that people out here risking their lives getting paid ten dollars an hour, nine dollars an hour, twelve dollars an hour to just do simple. You know what I'm saying? It's just like what. I'm going to make me think of the little Plies video. I'm sure everybody, you know what I'm saying, or half of us maybe have seen, you feel me? And I feel like it's, 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 it's one of the things that has to change the dialogue and the relationship that our country has when it comes to minimum wage. Nah, and, and this is definitely going to become more important in the second part of it, like in the, in the, uh, in the contest shop when we get to that. But it's, it's definitely a question of, I mean, just to piggyback, is a question of that relationship, right? Like, now we see that the, the, the most crucial jobs, you feel me, get paid nowhere near amount that they should, given the circumstances that they get played that they get paced, uh, placed in. You yeah. feel me? I mean, and it goes all the way back to how we're taught to you know view the janitor and how we taught to view the plumber and how we're taught to view the garbage man, right? Like it's like, oh, you don't want to do that job, Timmy. You know, that's that's the job that you do when you don't have any other choices. I was like seven or eight when I had that revelation. I think I had it all by myself. And I was just like, you know, thinking about probably what I want to be to grow up and stuff like that. And I was like, dang, like the, the grocery store people is important because how they get it off the truck to get it on the shelf. Who won't ring me up? Stealing is bad. You know what I'm saying? I do know that. And so, you know what I'm saying? Making these small connections about how we have to value people like trash is terrible. And have you seen how fast trash can accumulate in a home? I started recycling because I've been embarrassed about just how quick I kept running back out of the dumpster. Most of that stuff can be flipped and dipped in some type of way by somebody better than me. And so when I started to think about how many people are essential to making sure those things can happen, with how much trash I just produced by myself, like, come on now. Like, the people that are doing it, and it's, bad. it's usually back-breaking work, of course, right? The lowest, pay, the lowest paying jobs is the jobs where you got to get down on your hands and knees and get to the back of the storage unit to pull out, you know what I'm saying, the milk and the toilet paper and this, that, and the other. And ain't nobody getting paid right for that. Most definitely. Yeah, I mean, and I think that I think that the idea that there are jobs that are quote unquote last resort jobs is what puts us in a position to where we don't respect these jobs the way that we're supposed to. Yeah. Because we're looking at it's like, well, I don't want to do that shit. And the only reason that they have to is because they made bad choices. Nah, they doing that job because we need somebody to do it. You feel oh, me? Yeah. Like exactly. we need gen- like if everybody was like, well, I want to be the principal of the school, not the janitor. If everybody was like, I want to be the teacher, I want to be the if everybody wanted to be in these roles that are considered or, or the respectable like, roles. If everybody was doing if, if, if everybody's walking the straight and narrow and nobody was uh, and nobody was creating these horrible dry, dire needs for themselves, there still would have to be somebody to pick up the trash, there to be somebody to flip the burgers, there still have to be somebody. So you start to see that this idea that people get pushed into it because they're disposable, they're exposable, they don't mean nothing, it's, it's full of that shit they put in them toilets. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we got a couple different comments about small businesses. We got to jump on. Marquis says the way small businesses were bailed out shows the problem with the loan structures. Been reported scandals from loan issuers like J.P. Morgan Chase, etc. They use all types of fine print to justify non-payment, and then funds just run out. And then Shantae follows up with, and small businesses that really needed the money didn't even get it. Um, I th- I've seen this infographic a couple times. It talks about black uh, small business owners. And how they got 97% of the funds that they did, 97% of the people who applied did not get the funds that were available for small businesses. So you won't not only see how small businesses got. But the Lakers did. The Lakers did, though. The Lakers got 
a small business relief fund. Uh, yeah, relief fund. Yeah. Like Shake Shack, who does who uh, refused theirs? They applied for it and then gave it back because they realized how crazy the system was and how many businesses were being boxed out because of how the 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 requirements were. You know what I'm saying? So you also have people giving money back, and that's absolutely true. You not only see small businesses being impacted, but Another segment of society who was also boxed out of that, interesting enough, this is just in fun fact, strip clubs. Also, not able to qualify for um, small, small business really. So, you know, yeah. small businesses, but you have independent contractors within small businesses that now can't work. So they double on down on the oppression, right? It's very interesting, interesting how these industries are being set up to fail by the way that these loan procedures are playing out. Uh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to throw this in there, too, because I think, you know, since we four years into Donald Trump now, um, I got to I got to I got to I got to put this out there. Put it out there. There's certain things that are made possible because of who's in that office. And the idea that, well, it just happened that way. Right. It just so happened that these larger corporations was able to get a majority of the fund was not by circumstance. Yeah. Because because if we're talking about small business, that's a definition. A small business is an entity. We can define a small business. The Lakers organization is not a small business. Lowe's, Home Depot, J.P. Morgan Chase, they're not small businesses. Categorically. You feel me? This is, there's no... Con- there's no confusion. It's not, oh, well, they was able to finesse the paperwork or the fine line. No. Well, no, they global corporations. Small. Check out how crazy this is, too, with how small businesses are being affected. Like, since we're talking about small businesses with these reopenings, here's the kicker about a lot of small businesses. Now that businesses are forced to reopen, that means individuals can no longer apply for uh, unemployment because now it's not that they can't work. It's that they're not reporting to work. Right. And if they refuse to go to work, so they don't apply, to, apply, can't qualify for those benefits. Also, if they continue to get unemployment, the small businesses then have to pay uh, unemployment insurance. And so they losing money that they're not even bringing in because they know customers coming to their businesses. And if they hey, are operating at half capacity, which means they're not making none of the revenue they was bringing in. So now they got to determine whether they pay the checks of the people who is actually working. Or pay the unemployment insurance to pay the money to unemployment for somebody who ain't even showing up to do the job. Oh, boy, that made my hair hurt. I mean, that made my hair hurt. It's a dilemma. Yeah. Are uniquely in, and they're not getting no loan money. That's like the definition of being asked out. <laughs> the capital man is wild, bro. Okay, so... Uh, did we get to Tiffany Summit? I've been a CNA for 13 years and loved my job, but it was I was very underpaid. I had to make a career change, and it's sad because I had to stop doing what I love to make a difference in people's lives, lives just to survive. Essential job. Who is wiping yeah. that man's ass? I mean, and, 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 a, and, and a CNA is a perfect example of how um, the job that's the, that's really the most important, right? Like yeah. the job, like you, they're foundational. Job. You got the you got the doctors, right? You got the experts, you got the specialists, but their job is only made possible by the people that like their, their support system. You know what I'm saying? Like we like to think life is like basketball and you want to be the star, but like life is like football. Every position is a dependent position. 
In order for you to be considered a good quarterback, you got to have a good coach. You got to have a good offensive line. You got to have good wide receivers in order to you know yeah. to catch the ball. You got to have facilities to practice in the training. And, right. You, know you got. I, I mean, you got to have a good, a good running screen to be able to see the film on. I mean, but but just in terms of just like the supporting cast, like what's around them, right? Yeah. And so we look at Tom Brady and we say, well, he the goat. Tom Brady always had a great offensive line. He always had a tight end and a slot receiver that he could dump the ball off to. He always had a decent running back that at least be able to pick up the short yardage and open up the field for them to move the ball. And he always had a great defense because his coach is a defensive minded coach. And they special teams has always have always been top notch, which is something that's completely under-evaluated, under-evaluated when we talk football teams. You know what I'm saying? And so just like the doctor is the quarterback, Bro, he don't he can't do all that other shit if he don't have his team there yeah. supporting and the doing nurses, this shit. The nurses, the RNs, the LPNs, the right. techs, the everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like it, and but that's a part of that. that this is why I say we live in a celebrity culture. Because I, I saw a whole lot. I saw a whole lot of specialists that had to, you know, if you a podiatrist or something like that, you work on people's feet all day. They've been rerouted. You know what I'm saying? They having to go back to the, the, the basic core of their discipline and go back to stuff that makes them capable of doing general practitioner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They either take away the people who got asthma attacks and potential heart attacks or stroke. They got to go deal with them while people is dealing and specializing with the coronavirus. So you, you got a lot of you got a lot of people shifting and moving and pivoting that are just having to adjust that we got to recognize. Yeah. So let's jump to government leadership. Uh, first changes we, we want to see post coronavirus on the federal, state, county, city level. So think about the things you've seen on, from, from all those different levels. If your state has been federal, killing, you know, if your city has been killing it, if your county has been killing it or not, we want to hear about that. Uh, secondly, should issues like this be partisan issues in any capacity? Um, and the impact uh, of the pandemic on the presidential candidates. Do you want to see anything post-coronavirus in terms of how they responded to this? Like, what do you want to see in terms of government leadership post-coronavirus uh, with this issue? What's the first thing I want to see? First change. Go ahead, what you got for us, political plugs? <laughs> refer to you, political plugs. Yo, I want, to see, I want to see a focus on people as opposed to profit. That's what I want to see. Because it's, it's never been made more clear could be argued that, especially for us as, as Californians, we've seen that from some of our leaders and not others, right? Not that so much federally, but on a state level, it seems like that's been a responsive relationship. So when you say a focus on, what'd you say on people, people, and, people not and not profit? Who who do you who needs to do that? Um, I mean, we rallies because the thing the thing about it is we could even start even on the local level, like starting Friday to open up certain businesses and all that other shit. Like even still. We just, just last week, we had one of the deadliest as it pertains to the coronavirus. 22%. In, ter- right, in terms of the amount of people that's died. And so even when we look at the, even when we look at the politicians like Gavin Newsom, who have been more liberal with it, that economic pressure is, is clearly starting to cave because now it's okay, well, we're going to open up these soft businesses Friday. You, you feel me? Because it's, you know, we're going into an election season. People start worrying about, okay. What the people gonna, you know what I mean? Like what I'm gonna look like to my constituents. And so and so when you when you have that that economic pressure, the 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 donors, because remember, Citizens United, money equals freedom of speech, which means that the corporations, as it pertains to campaign finance, donations, 
supporting particular politicians have the ability to have more sway because they have more speech, i.e. money. You feel me? And so if I would like a I would have liked a, a more of a pushback, like from a blatant like, look, we protecting people above all else from uh from from our elected officials. And I, I, I didn't I didn't feel comfortable with that. I don't feel comfortable with us opening uh with things just opening up as quickly. Right. Yeah. Ignoring a lot of the experts, just trying to get open just to get open. I feel like it's a rush, especially with uh with the with the way that the numbers are looking like now. You know what I mean? So, yeah, like it, it's just that there's still the profit over people mentality that 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 we see when we talk about the economy. It's becoming extremely prevalent and it's something that we need to abandon moving forward. Like we got to have a more people based understanding of politics. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I feel like I feel like I, I feel kind of like a sucker saying what I'm gonna say because I know I ain't gonna get it. You, you know are a sucker though, so you know. You feel me? Uh, your daddy a sucker too, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> uh, I wish there would be a lot more transparency between what's going on, really, in terms of long term impacts and short term impacts, and what the government knows and what they share with the people. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that when I think about the idea of people in the government being brief to about how the coronavirus is going to affect the economy down the road and they able to sell millions of dollars worth of you know what i'm saying stocks and things like that before before, before before the market plummet i think that that should be seen as a a a great public you know what i'm saying you know uh violation you know what i'm saying crime you know what i'm saying a crime against the public you know what i'm saying just based off of how much information is kept from us on, on the idea that the general public is dumb and stupid and gonna react this way and gonna react this way, so paternalistically we can justify not telling the public this because I'm, I don't know what's gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? But you know that's what that is, though. Can I give that's you a fine. great example of that? Um, you, that you know, disheartened. It was disheartening, but it makes sense all along. And maybe I just wasn't it wasn't connecting to me, or, or maybe I'm late. But over the weekend, I kept seeing the same tweet. You know, you get a tweet, you see a thousand times in the thread of this man talking about how much is basically the context of how much of a disservice we've been done. And one of the examples it makes is that one of the easiest truths to tell is that these numbers we're seeing about the fluctuations of the cases and stuff like that. Like, it, it's, right. It's based on two week old information. And it is all it always has to be taken with a tinge of this ain't really factual information because of testing and tests. But all the information we bombarded with is never comes with those two asterisks. Number one, this is old news and old information. Cause like I'm waking up every morning looking at the numbers, like, damn, it's going down. No, I went down two weeks ago, my nigga. No, it was down two mm -hmm. weeks ago. What's cooking outside my front door ain't got nothing to do with what I'm seeing in the news reports. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. So crazy to me that they want, like you said, to satiate us, to give us information they think we want, to, to give Talking us stuff. Spoon feeders, like some, like some suckers. And mm -hmm. it's all accurate information and data. And then, of course, the testing just clusterfuck that has existed and that yeah. has been part of these the reporting of data and information. We yes. need to be constantly reminded that testing leaves things to be unknown. And so we need to proceed with caution in that way. But we haven't been told that information because they don't want us to know. It's yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of them situations where it's it's hard to make any decision based on like any certainty because so many variables are just up in there. Like it's so well, many, it's so simple. Yeah, uh, it's so it's, it's so much unknown. Decision with certainty yeah. because there is no certainty in the reality that we're in right now. But we also like, relaying the circus, and so a lot of what we supposed to be hearing about, we just we hearing about bleach. 
and fucking disinfectants in our veins. And what else did he say at one point? Medications used for other illnesses that's supposed to be able to fix this one, right? Ebola, yeah, malaria. Malaria, malaria, malaria. yeah. About concoctions of drugs and stuff, stuff like that. Uh, and, and too, the malaria shit blew my mind because it was like they're gonna test it on black folks. My bad, I didn't even cut you off. But when this, they ain't directly said they're gonna test it on black folks. They said that we're gonna test it at a hospital in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Which means black folks. Right. We're gonna test it at a hospital in Harlem. For the part that uh, the things who change is that the fact that there is no rapid testing except for those close to the president. Um, I definitely, from what I'm hearing, there are three different styles of tests now that are supposed to be released with different levels and different time frames for how accurate and responsive they are. But even with those reports, there's a lot of contradictions there too. The governor of California, no, the mayor of LA, Mayor Eric Garcetti, said anybody who wants to be tested can come in and get a test. The governor was like, how? <laughs> when? Who said that? Like we, that is ideally what we're moving toward, uh, but that that's not necessarily the case, right? And so there's a lot of misleading information about who has access to testing still, um, and who can actually do that. And all that stuff is crazy. I want to hear about responses to more day-to-day possible shit like pandemics in these presidential elections. That's the most immediate change I want to see. Is this being healthcare? Pandemic response, pandemic response teams, responsibility and accountability for people like Donald Trump, erasing that. I want that to, and eradicating that department. I want that to be a big part of this election. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, like public, I, I feel like I public health all the way. And it's not, it's going to end up not being that, the case. And that's going to frustrate me a lot because I need answers and responses for shit that is literally going to change our lives for the next two to three years. I don't care about, I care about international relations, but in the context of Corona 19 or COVID 19. And that's because globalization has set us up to be inextricably linked, right? So how are we gonna deal with those relationships? How is you, our US president gonna build and massage relationships with China when we're so oh, intertwined, but we got a lot of people and a lot of skeptics blaming people for this, that, and the other in terms of our response. Like, what are we doing? I, I mean, I do think that um, they don't have a choice because even Before, even coming to know, even in terms of focusing on uh, 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 healthcare, I think they're going to try to weasel out of it and make this conversation and make these debates and make the focal point of this election about a whole lot more. This election needs to be about sexual assault. This election needs to be about responses to the economy. And this election needs to be about health care, health and pandemic response. Like, so at, at, at best, you'll get one of those. <laughs> I mean, I, the, the, the thing is that the, 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 it can't be about Sexual assault because they both say they they both purge. That's why I should be about that though. I'll talk about it it. Uh, because there's a path, there is a path. We're gonna have that conversation. That's 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 another day. That's another day. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have that's that's another day. But yeah, let's go get this other chop, man. Yeah, pick up kids. I gotta pick up kids. Yeah, but I'll say this and then and then Toya, you could you could kind of put the uh put the ball on it. Um they, I, I hear what you're saying, but they are not going to be able to get away from this healthcare question. Not after, and if and Joe Biden and them, they already putting out the uh, the ads attacking uh, Donald Trump's uh, approach to uh, the coronavirus, and he's already been reported to be being more amenable 
are, are more uh, malleable to positions of universal health care or some form of Medicare for all. So we know that the uh, Biden camp is sitting back thinking, OK, we need to get these at least half of these uh, Bernie supporters. Right. And we need to get these Elizabeth Warren supporters. We need to get them. And the one thing that we can that we could probably get them on the clearest, healthcare. especially given the pandemic, <laughs> is healthcare. 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 I mean, don't see Bernie, I mean, not Bernie, uh, but Joe Biden's been mighty silent, I think, uh, in ways that have made me uncomfortable, especially as close as we are to these elections, as close as we are, even though some states haven't been able to have their primaries. It seems like my dude just been just in. Visible. It's been he been coasting, man. He's been having ass. But I think he's been letting he been letting Trump like just make himself look bad. Like stupid because you looking bad right now, too, and people are making you look crazy, dog. And you are being just driven with the sexual assault shit. So it's just like the only time you pop up is when somebody endorses you, and that it makes you look real stupid. But what do I know? Um, here's what I'll say. (laughs) One of the final things that I want to uh say. Student loan forgiveness is also definitely going to be a hot button issue and something that niggas is going to have to respond to or deal with. But I don't think they're going to inflate it enough to make it important enough because it's not important enough to Donald Trump. Um, Josh, Josh Thurman said, look bad as hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot that has to change. It's a lot that need that we need to change. I said, you know, to pick just one thing if we had to pick one thing. But I know that's hard to do um, because so many things around us have to shift everything from our public and social consciousness and how we relate and deal with each other. And George is going to get to that when he talks about the blue Klux Klan. Um, uh, but how we, yeah, we got political leaders not even wearing masks, right? We got fucking vice presidents going on hospital visits without putting masks on at all. We got, I got people who the sun came out and all of a sudden they think that just give me just is canceled because we tired of the coronavirus. I mean, we just back in action. And that just ain't re- realistic. That ain't real life, man. And so a lot of stuff got to change, but some stuff can start changing today. So think about it, move like that. And next topic, please. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.